When Thena told me tonight we will be exercising, I was nervous. There is no way I want to spend my night hanging out by weights, treadmills, and elliptical machines. Say psych, right now. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. Thena then followed up by telling me this is an exorcism case. Okay, they get a free pass this time, I guess. Hey guys, welcome to Cryptic Soup. <laughs> I'm Thena. Well, I, I don't know. I thought we could mix it up. You could go first. I'm Kylie. I'm Thena. <laughs> I'm the one that's dead inside. Guess what? Oh, okay. We're moving on from that. Okay, what? Yeah, we're moving on from that. <laughs> I was going to explain the joke, but Corey, now it just sounds Corey like called I'm dead. Them dead and he... <laughs> Continued to dig a hole and say, no, like, you're just tired, which is worse and all of these things. So Athena is now the dead one. Yep. Okay. what? All right. So remember that movie, the kids movie, right, that did a bunch of like um, analogies for different things in the drug world? No. Have you seen Zootopia? Oh, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. Um. Disney is replacing Dino Land with Zootopia Land, and I am excited what for it. What the fuck is Dino Land? You've never been to Dino Land? No. Yeah, it's really sad, actually. Huh. It's at Animal Kingdom. Hmm. So, yeah, uh, Zootopia Land, I'm here for that. That's really cool. I hope it, like, looks futuristic like Zootopia did, too. I hope they have real animals running around wild in outfits. <laughs> in outfits, yeah. yes. That would the be, talk. That would be amazing. Gotta make it realistic. Yeah, they have to say things. Yeah. Obviously. In English. <laughs> I have to be able to understand them. Hold conversations. <laughs> Take pics with them even. Get their autographs. Like, like, yeah. Obviously. Well, they're gonna be people in costume. I know, but, Kylie. Know. That was the joke. No, oh, I know, but it'd be oh way my cooler. God. It'd be way cooler <laughs> um what else do we got on the docket to talk well um we live around the amish country here in indiana and uh the other day uh someone from out of town just completely obliterated a buggy Mm -hmm. she was killed instantly Mm -hmm. and the horse Mm mm-hmm Mm. And there was a house fire. Did you see that? No. There was a house fire the other day. The couple was out of the house and they don't know what started the fire yet. I don't think they're testing today or so. But the only thing that happened was the fucking dog died. No. Yeah. All the people made it out and the dog died. I'm sad. Fucking sad. Not cool. Not cool. Our area also was like really weird around mother's day like there was like a there was a fight in the middle of an intersection there was a high-speed chase which is apparently like been been a thing like i feel like there's so many high-speed chases around us and i don't know why like why um there was something else too man i don't remember but should be getting weird (laughs) 
Um, I went to Dogapalooza this weekend. That's oh, yeah. what I did. Mm-hmm. It was super fun. My dog liked it. He liked hanging out with people and other dogs. Uh, every single person was like, oh, my God, I love your dog. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. He met one other Dalmatian. He met a chocolate Dalmatian. So they have like brown spots instead of black spots. Mm-hmm. He didn't really care for it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're weird looking. <laughs> he's like why aren't you just one color like why do you have so many colors on you you're brown and white that's fucking wild yeah no he, he he didn't like uh he didn't really like love any of the other dogs but he liked a few of them and then we watched okay mm, i'm not gonna give any opinions right here because i give opinions all the time but there were a lot of cops there mm-hmm. and the cool thing was is they had all these demonstrations throughout the day they had like you know like uh, dog yoga to teach your dog how to like be calm and meditate and stuff. They had like a puppy, I mean, not a puppy, like a dog, um, outfit contest and stuff. Bunch of things, right? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) But they also had a police demonstration of how canine units work. Oh, that would be cool. And they showed how they sniff out drugs. So they brought drugs to the park. Oh, okay. In backpacks. And they I were mean, like, that's one way to do it. And they were like, it's not a lot of drugs, if that helps. <laughs> and like Mason and us were like sitting there because uh, I went with my friends, Sam and Mason, and then my girlfriend, Margie. And we were like, Mason and I look at each other and we're like, not a lot of drugs. At the same time, <laughs> we're like, meaning there's still drugs <laughs> right. at the park with children. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, they showed us how the commands work and like how they sniff out the drugs. And then they showed us the tactics of how they bring down people. So they had the guy in the big fluffy Michelin man looking suit, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, I took videos. Maybe I'll post them on the Instagram story or something to show you guys what I saw. But and they showed us how like canine units work for searching things out and stuff. It was really cool. It, it was it was really cool, actually. And then yeah. they answered all of our questions and stuff. And um, I... Did ask some questions. Uh, I waited until it was like done because I was weird. And I asked questions that made me seem super fucking shady, of course. I was like, so if you're walking down the street and you're smoking weed or something, will your dog like pick that up? Or will he just be like, oh, I'm not on duty. And the officer was like, why do you want to know? No, <laughs> no. Um, he was just like, actually. So, yeah, like if you smelled of drugs, even if you had drugs on you, you could have literally like heroin or like meth or cocaine on you and our dog will not alert us unless we're actively telling him to alert us wow so like he will just he'll probably give you a look like "Mm, mm, you're kind of shady (laughs) but i'm not gonna get a treat for pointing this out judged by the dog yeah but you're not gonna get ratted out by the dog (laughs) yeah essentially because he's like because the dog has nothing to gain from doing it right so he's like my dog just won't and he was like, our dog is named Key, uh, is named Stone. And we were like, oh, why is he named Stone? He's like, because he was found at Keystone RV. <laughs> and we were like, oh, OK, <laughs> good reason. Um, and he was like, yeah, for our dog, like he's not a big treat guy. So his uh, like way of getting appraised, like getting praised for doing mm-hmm. something right is he gets to play with a tennis ball mm-hmm. because that's his favorite toy in the whole world. And he's like crazy about him. He's like, so we don't have ball shaped toys anywhere around the house. He only gets them when he does busts and stuff. Okay. So hmm. they, you know, when he was doing the training, uh, when he like did the bust in the park, he let him play with the ball. Mm-hmm. Well, then this little kid was in the park. Oh no. And he had a rock that was really round. Oh no. And he threw the rock and the dog went 
fucking insane. <laughs> and the cop was having to like pull the dog back and he's like, it's a fucking rock. It's not your ball. It's a rock. It's not your ball. And he's like, little kid, stop throwing rocks. That's funny. And like the dog wasn't like mean, but he was so excited to play with the rock, you know? Right. And the guy was just like, oh my God, kid, don't throw the rocks. <laughs> That's so funny. It's pretty funny. <laughs> Watching this like police dog that was so good the whole day just all of a sudden lose its shit. Right. Over a kid throwing a rock. Over something min- yeah. Min- mundane. Yeah. Minuscule is that. So that's that's all. Yeah. OK. I have something else, but I don't know if we want to talk about it because it could go very it could go very interestingly. OK. Um. <laughs> um I'm coughing a lot, guys. I ha- I'm going to real quick preface this. Mm-hmm. I have been coughing and clearing my throat a lot, you guys. Um, it is because I have really, really bad allergies and I now own a house, which means I now have to mow my lawn and do yard work. So my allergies are just kicking my butt. And that's why I'm so drowsy all the time is because of my meds. So I am really sorry if every so often, like Taylor's going to have to cut so many times me clearing my throat and coughing. He might miss one or two because I, I do it so much. So if in the next three months um you hear me coughing and or clearing my throat more often than I used to it's because my allergies are back and are kicking my ass as an adult I haven't had them for like 10 years and now all of a sudden they are back with vengeance they're like fucking Batman up in here yeah I've heard that they're really bad right now oh my god they're so bad I am and oh my gosh my throat is constantly feeling like there's like just a little layer of mucus in it it's disgusting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay sorry go about your thing well I don't know if we want to talk about it. All right, we'll save it for next time, if nothing else. <laughs> okay. So tonight's episode, most people know what it is, but we're going to do it because we haven't done an exorcism in a minute and we haven't done something that's just kind of like a weird one for a minute. So here we are. Um, Anna Elizabeth, uh, her name. Okay. I already first sentence and I'm fucked. Okay. Um, <laughs> everyone calls her Annalise because that's her nickname because her mm-hmm. mom's name's Anna also. But her last name is Michael. Some people call it Mikel. But then some random people, mostly people that are of English speaking like origin, call it Michael. Mm-hmm. And it's not Michael. So we're not going to do that. Um, so we're going to go with Mikel. But I think it's Michael more if you actually pronounce it correctly, because that's an I, not an A. But there you go. Anna Elizabeth we call her Annalise. There we go. Who explained the fuck out of that? You did it. Okay. <laughs> Annalise was a young German woman who underwent numerous exorcisms that ultimately were followed by an untimely death. So we're going to break down what happened in her life and death to figure out the story that inspired some pretty weird films. Do you know, do you know which exorcism movies are based off of her? Well, isn't it The Exorcism? No, because The Exorcism is va- based off of Roland Doe, which we did in our top five or in our first five episodes. But there was, I don't know. I know, I know the, I know the movie. Yes, mm-hmm. but I have not seen it, nor will I see it. It's The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it has that girl in it. I can't think of her name. I think she even won an award for it from mm-hmm. MTV. But she is, she was the girl in Quarantine. About the one where they're in the apartment. I oh. like that movie. Okay. It's cheesy. I like it. I like that movie a lot. It scares me. Makes me never want to go anywhere ever. The Clo- the Cloverfield one? No, Quarantine. <sighs> what am I thinking of? I don't know, but Cloverfield's really good too. <laughs> the second one, not the first one. The first one made okay, me wait. sick. <laughs> Cloverfield's the first one. Cloverfield Paradox is the second one, right? 
Yeah, where they're in like, uh, like underground the whole time. I think I like Cloverfield more. The third person one, the one where they go to the party and all the shit's happening. It's third person though, right? I like it's fr- I'm pretty sure, yeah. No. Yes. No, it's not. Not the first one. They're having that going away party, and then the like creature comes down. Oh wait, it is no. the video recorder one. The, yeah. the video camera in New York. You're right. Okay, you're wait, right. What were you thinking of? I don't know. Hmm. So then it goes. Oh, wait, 10 Cloverfield Lane is the second one. Yeah. Cloverfield Paradox is the third. I never saw that one. I only saw the 10. I don't think I saw the second one. I think I only saw the first and third. <laughs> well, the second one, they're like <laughs> in a bunker the whole time. Oh. Mm-hmm. I really like those movies. Uh-huh. Hmm. I'm actually really surprised you haven't seen it. Hmm. When you said third person, the only movie I could think of was him. Was Hardcore Henry. Or that one. Yeah, Corey really wants me to watch that. God, that movie's so good. You like video games. You'd love that movie. It's like being in a video game. I know. Game. He's told me that I would like it. I'm just... Two films that are underrated that I feel like every person needs to see if they want to watch like a kind of odd movie is that and Guns Akimbo. With Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe and yeah. that hot fucker bitch. That's the other one that you <laughs> Dude, those are such good movies. Bro, we are okay. so not getting anywhere tonight. Okay. Guess <laughs> we'll right. have to watch them. So Annalise, um, Anna Elizabeth uh, McKell was born on September 21st, 1952. She's a Virgo. Her birthday is shared with Stephen King. And that's miniature golf day. Hmm. That's a pretty good one. Do you like mini golf? I, uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, I think so. No. You think so? I haven't done it in a really long time. I think, I think, I think. I have too much anger issues to play it, but I think I like it. <laughs> like if you're bad at it, yeah, then you're going to be upset. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. And golf clubs can hurt. Yeah. Yes, so I can. don't think I like it, <laughs> if I remember correctly. No, yeah, I don't think I like, I don't know. I've never played real golf. I want to do that someday in my life. That is so boring. I think it would calm me down. I got a little bit. <laughs> issues that <laughs> because, because you can hit the ball really hard really fucking hard yeah yeah mm. that's why i liked that one thing in college where you just hit a racket with a ball against a wall and it comes it's called racquetball i fucking love the <laughs> shit out of that i destroyed so many rackets i was mean yeah racquetball is pretty yeah, fun i like that shit i like anything i can be kind of mean so dodgeball was your jam. Oh my fucking <laughs> bro! I fucking love dodgeball. Yes, me too. And and uh, schism. What the fuck is that? You never played schism? No. It's where the ball couldn't touch the ground. The fuck is that? And you had to throw it. No. And if it touched you, other than like your hands like catching it, then you were out. No, but I love dodgeball. Uh, it always reminds me of when One Direction played dodgeball. Stop. <laughs> so. Annalise was born in Liebelfling, Bavaria of West Germany. Wow. Her parents were named Joseph and Anna. I spelled Joseph wrong. It's J-O-S-E-F. But I spelled it like that Mm -hmm. so I'd remember to say it correctly, but then I forgot to change it. (laughs) Josef. Josef. She had three sisters, Roswitha, Gertrude, and Barbara. They were all younger than her. There was another child that was originally born named Martha. She was born four years before Annalise. Now, she was born when the parents weren't married yet, so it was out of wedlock. 
And that's super outside their family beliefs because they are super, super, super religious. So it was often like really hushed and not talked about that Martha was born or even was alive. And it was almost like it was a shameful thing that Martha existed. And Martha ended up dying at age eight when Annalise was still really young because she suffered from kidney issues. So, I mean, Hmm. I hate saying it like this, but to her family, it was almost kind of like convenient and nice that she died because then they didn't have to explain how she was born out of wedlock. Well, that's really sad. Mm -hmm. Annalise was raised deeply religious because of her parents. They attended mass twice a week. They raised the whole family as Roman Catholic. They lived in the small Bavarian town of Klingenberg. They moved there shortly after I think Annalise was born before the other kids were born. Three of her aunts were nuns and her family or uh, her father originally studied to be a priest, but he ended up quitting and he worked at the local sawmill sawmill. Hmm. So they're very deeply religious rooted, which obviously comes into play the entire episode. Right. <clears throat> like her sister, Annalise had health issues as a child, but hers were different. She had scarlet fever, mumps and measles all before she was five years old. Surprised she... Survived? Survived, because, like, measles was really bad. Yeah. That, well, each of those are really well, bad. No, I know, but, like, measles was, like, a death. But that's, well, so was scarlet fever. Scarlet oh, fever really? would have been, like, a death sentence almost back then. Okay. I mean, I, here's the reason why, is the meds were supposedly expensive to get. And if oh. they have multiple kids like this and stuff, I would assume. And if he just works at a sawmill, I would just, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, Other than just health issues, her family life was no walk in the park. Her father, Joseph, was a World War II Nazi soldier who should have probably been diagnosed with PTSD after coming home, but he wasn't. I feel like anyone in that war yes. had PTSD. Yes. Especially because um, Joseph saw and did some things that were not good. At a very young age, Annalise was diagnosed by a man named Dr. Leonard as having a a case of neurosis. Oh, my God, I can't talk of neurosis caused by having a dysfunctional family. (laughs) Interesting. Um, They say it was caused by her having a father that didn't understand her and a mother that she hated who equally hated her. And I say that because Annalise would describe it as her mother would make her repent for the sins of. Uh, that her mother made, like even like the the child out of wedlock and things like that. So Annalise was paying for her own sins, but also her mother's sins. Oh. And it was noted that they used holy objects and prayers in the family as a form of punishment. So. That's... So when you say neurosis, do you have any like idea of. There's just so like it's kind of broad. Yes, which that's all they gave us back then. Okay. Because she's not medicated for it or anything like that. So it's it's obviously not serious enough to where they were like, you know, this is something we need to medicate and keep track of because they kind of just after it's diagnosed, they leave it by the wayside. They ignore it then. Okay. So it could really be anything. 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 Okay. Annalise and her sisters were not allowed interaction with boys during their childhood. And I don't mean just like, oh, like you can't like date. No, they couldn't even go stay the night at a friend's house if that friend had a brother that lived in their home. Oh, my. Like nothing. Okay. They also couldn't like attend school dances or just anything. So Annalise and her sisters were also a little bit of outcasts. And people always thought they were odd because of how overly religious they were and their family was. Right. 
Can't go to the dance? <laughs> Come on. And imagine having my friends being like, do you have brothers? Oh, you do? Okay. Can't be your friend. <laughs> oh, right. Nope. Oh, yeah. you only have four sisters? Okay. Yep. You're an only go. child? We're you two go. sitting with you two at lunch. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. And, and mostly because also people wanted boys in their family. Yeah. And so like <laughs> around that time, that was. Yeah. yeah. And her town was a town that a lot of people got drafted for the war mm -hmm. and stuff. So everyone knew if people did or didn't have siblings, things like that, anything. At age 13, it was 1965. Annalise was enrolled at the Dahlberg Gymnasium in Offenburg, Germany. At this school, Annalise was an exceptional exceptional student, they said, and she excelled in Latin and Roman history. That sounds incredibly boring. Boring. <laughs> really good subjects, I'm sure, but also like, oh my God. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. In the fall of 1968, when Annalise turned 16, she, well, she was 16. She had turned it earlier that year. She experienced a severe convulsion and blacked out while at school. So what happened was Annalise was at school. People saw this, people heard it, and then people also later tell her family about it. Okay. Annalise blacks out. She has these convulsions on the floor. And then when she comes to it, she's walking around in a dazed sense. And she said she can't remember the event. And everyone described her as acting like she was in a trance. Ugh. So that night they were like, okay, you know, take it easy, go to bed. Well, around midnight, she says she's suffering uh, because she can't sleep at night and she feels like there's a heavy weight sitting on her chest. Mm. We know what that is because we talk about it in the Gray Man, Hat Man, and Lathe Man episode in the archives. Terrifying. It was sleep paralysis. Terrifying. Well, she has a sleep paralysis and she ends up urinating all over herself in her bed. As would most people. Which I'm sure upset her parents. Oh, yeah. In August of 1969, the events of what happened the year before in 68 repeated themselves. So almost like a year later, Annalise had a second incident where she had a similar thing. She woke up in a trance-like state where she again had peed the bed. Her body went into convulsions again. And when she described them and like other people described it later, it sounded like Annalise had a seizure because her body was shaking and she wasn't conscious during it. And she said that everything was like hazy and fuzzy and she couldn't control it and she didn't really remember it. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like a seizure. Yep. Dr. Vo, the family physician in Klingenberg who took care of all of them was still her physician also. So he was consulted and he examined Annalise and he referred her to a neurologist named Siegfried Luthery. And Luthery is going to be in this whole episode. So Dr. Luthery found nothing in his initial examination. So he ordered an EEG test for her. And on August 27th, 1969, she took it. What else happened in 1969? Well, let's see where my mom was born. <laughs> okay. We also went to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. <laughs> yep. Do you want to know how I know that so fast? How do you know that so fast? The Chrissy Carlson Romano song from Influenza episode of Even Stevens. We oh went to the moon in 1969, not 1968, but the year after. Yeah. You, you would know that. Mm -hmm. I love Chrissy Carlson Romano. She's my hero. So 
The EEG showed normal results and the doctor believed Annalise to just be experiencing grand mal seizures and no medicine was prescribed at this time since she had only had them two when they were a year apart. He thought that maybe they could have even been stress induced or something else and that it was like not not a common thing for her. Right. So for you non-medical people, I cannot I still can't pronounce this word of what EEG is. I always have to look it up and I always fuck it up. But it's essentially a medical test used to measure the electrical activity of the brain. It's electroencephalogram. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's like in the movies, you know, where they put all of those little like stickers <laughs> on your brain. Like the little round ones. Yeah. And they're connected to, to wires. It looks like that. Yep. That's what it is. So that's the first of multiple tests she's going to go through with the EEG over time. But the first one, you got to remember, just it came back like negative in the sense they were like, you're fine. Life is good. You're just having these random one shot seizures. Um, Yeah, because that's normal. So uh, they send her back to Dr. Luthery. Well, he was the one that performed them. So I guess they send the results to Dr. Luthery. And Dr. Luthery, Lucy, sorry, I keep trying to put another R in there, Luthery. <laughs> Lucy says that during this time, Annalise's tonsils became inflamed and she needed a tonsillectomy. Well, after that operation, she actually contracted pleurisy and pneumonia. Oof. Those are death sentences at that time, too. Well, they could be. So... At this point, I think it would be safe to say, what hasn't Annalise had? Seriously, though. Um, I'm trying to think. I have my tonsils. Yeah, I've never had my tonsils taken out. Have you? I, I know I have my tonsils. I really thought, you know, there's like those those jokes. People are like those. I always thought, um quicksand was going to be a way bigger problem when I was an adult because of what cartoons taught me. I always thought tonsils were going to be a way bigger problem too. Yeah. I thought that was going to be a problem. Well, like tonsil stones are annoying. I've never had that. I don't know what the fuck that is. A tonsil stone. Is it like a kidney stone? You never, you don't. What? Really? Yeah. Should my tonsils be making stones? Make stones guys. (laughs) (laughs) You don't get it. Like little white spots in the back of your tonsils that... No. Okay. Isn't that called strep throat? No. Okay. (laughs) I Uh, mean, yes, but not in this sense. I was telling Margie this the other day. I was just like, you know, like, I thought quicksand was going to be a way bigger problem when I was a child. I also thought, like, princes and princesses getting kidnapped would be, like, a much bigger problem. (laughs) You would. Because of, like, things that they taught us. And I was like, really? Princes and princesses have pretty simple lives. The worst that happens is, like, they get shit talked about them in a tabloid about their hair loss, Prince William. Like, that's the worst. And she's like, well, I mean, Princess Diana was murdered. And I was like, oh, okay, wait, that happened. You're right. Forgot about that one thing. Okay. But other than that, I thought... Well, I mean, they're just, like... I thought more things Rich. would happen to them, <laughs> but like it doesn't. No, they're just there. Weird. Well, Annalise had another complication, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Remember, remember that one time when someone said that we sounded the same? <laughs> there there <we're> was. <laughs> So after she gets rid of the pleurisy and the pneumonia, she gets tuberculosis. Woo. 
Like, talk girl, about talk about death. Fucking Christ! <laughs> At this point, does she have like fucking brain cancer too? Like, fucking Christ! What else right. could this girl get? Her tuberculosis got so bad it forced Annalise to withdraw from school during 1969 to 1970 because she physically could not be there. But then in February of 1970, Annalise was admitted to a hospital in off. off you said it so well the first time. Aschaffenburg. 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 Yes. Yeah, I did it correct. I did it really good the first time, and I don't know what happened. I started getting the giggles. Yeah. So she went back there, and they specialized in children with lung diseases. So she gets sent there. She wasn't improving, so then she gets put in the tuberculosis clinic at Middleburg, Bavaria. Bavaria. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bavaria. There we go. I wanted to put an L in it. I think you're thinking of Bulgaria. I'm thinking of baklava. (laughs) The dessert. (laughs) Okay, well. Which is a fire food. That's Greek, yeah. I think. <laughs> is it? I think maybe, yeah. Baklava yeah. sounds Greek. Yep. Pretty sure it's Greek. I don't even know what it is, but I love it and it's I want to make it and I want to eat it. So it is good. from Middle East. Is that Greek? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I think so. It's part of the Ottoman cuisine. Hmm. Greek baklava. Baklava. Fuck, now I can't even say that word. <laughs> Bavaria is the only one you need to know right now. Bavarian cream pie. Yes. Whoa, is that where it's from? Bavarian? Is Bavarian stuff from Bavaria? <laughs> I don't know. Shut up. Probably. Oh my God. Okay. Is Bavarian. From the other day I forgot that Scottish exists. Just like anything Scottish. I just forgot. I was like, what is someone if they're really Irish, but they're not? fully Irish. They're like a different version of Irish. And I was trying to describe it and they were like, are you talking about Scottish? And I was like, Scottish! <laughs> oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah, I was yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot it's, Scottish exists. It's country of origin is either Bavaria, Bavaria, <laughs> Bavaria, Bavaria or France. Oh. Huh. So. This is interesting. The more you know. Okay. Now I really want cake. <laughs> ah, yeah. A mix between Bavarian cream pie and a Boston cream pie and baklava. <laughs> what if it had a baby and it was just like a creamy version of baklava? I'd be down. I'd be down too. And now I'm hungry. Annalise frequently complained about being bedridden because she had all these things wrong with her literally everything under the face of the sun yeah i'm sure it's not fun yeah and she's like in the hospital at such a young age off and on were you ever in the hospital for a longer period of time or anything only when i was a baby because i was two months early oh so no not anything that i can remember i had to for the chicken pox a few times oh a few times you're supposed to only get that once yeah okay 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 so here's the deal okay multiple times okay you know how your body is supposed to build up a tolerance to it. Yes. Some people, especially. Especially people like you. Uh, well, no, but yes. Also, um, I want to say it's people with either O blood type or people with negative blood type or people with like something. There's there's a reason why it's these people more than other people, which I have O negative 
Mm-hmm. Oh, negative. Is that the universal? Whatever. I have the universal. Okay. <clears throat> oh, neg. Yeah. Yeah. So it's something that has to do with that. They sometimes don't build up tolerances correctly or they build up too strong of tolerances, things like that. And that's why their blood is different. Okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, mine is the fact that my body does not know how to build up tolerances. So with that being the case, I had chicken pox once mm-hmm. when I was young. I was at my dad's house and I got it. And my mom was like, it was supposed to be my mom's weekend. And my mom's like, no, you can't come home if you have chicken pox. <laughs> Stay at your dad's. <laughs> I was like, okay, that makes sense. Well, so then a year goes by and I'm living at my mom's house this time and I get the chicken pox a second time. And they're like, I go to the doctors and they're like, you know, that happens sometimes. Some kids get it twice. It happens. Interesting. It, it happens. And I was like, okay, it's gone. About six months later, Athena fucking gets the chicken pox. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I had it in my mouth. I had it Ew. like everywhere. It was so painful. I had to go to the hospital. It was so bad. I couldn't do anything. Had to go to the hospital and stuff. And they were like, okay, yeah, your body's not building up like a good tolerance for it. You might never build up a tolerance. It, it happens sometimes. It's not super common, but people with whatever that one thing is where mm-hmm. they don't build it, it's it's not uncommon for them. Because let's say for everyone in the world, it's like 75% of people don't get it more than once. Okay, so that's 25%. Then that 25%, 10 of 10% of it is those people that can get it more than that even. And out of that, like 9% of people do. So like, see, it's not as uncommon as you would think. It's not like only 1% or 0.1 or something. It's, it's a little bit more common than you'd expect. Interesting. But, um, but it's like this thing where some people just don't fully build up a tolerance and it's not, it's, I don't know. So then I had it a fourth time (laughs) and Uh, Since then, I have stayed very clear of it, Uh, but it also makes me more susceptible to like shingles and stuff. And I had a coworker that had shingles last year and I was terrified. And my boss actually offered to let me work from home because of it, because I was very nervous. But yeah, there's a few things um, that your body, just some people doesn't, it doesn't build up tolerances for, I guess. Well, that's a little frustrating. And like, I think I want to say like measles and mumps are some of them also, but that's not my problem. I don't have that. But some people that that's a thing, too. But I think that's like AB negatives have that issue or something like that or like AB positive. There's a few things that's weird about how blood types can um, affect the rate at how your body can and can't like re get sick, I guess. I don't know a ton about it because I don't want to dig that deep, but. I only wanted to know enough to know why I got chicken pox four fucking times. Yeah. That yeah. takes talent. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And my mom and my sisters have never had it <laughs> somehow. Okay. Fuck all of them. And, <laughs> and my dad's never had it either. I'm like, what the fuck? You guys lived with me. Are you sure I'm not adopted? I had it, but it was, it was normal. And then, you know, I never, I mean, I don't want to jinx myself, but my best friend had it twice. So I didn't think that was that weird for people to get it twice. I was like, you know, like she but had then it, you got it four times. Yeah. Like, what and the then fuck? I got it <laughs> twice as much as her. Right. <sighs> yeah. Which is four times more than the average person. Okay. okay so now I'm just going to call you Annalise. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're welcome. Thick little kid. I'm <laughs> sick. It's for Mean Girls. No, I know. It's the, <coughs> I'm sick, boo, you whore. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. 
Corey's never seen that movie, by the way. Could. I wish I had never seen it. <laughs> a, a million times so that you could quote it. God, I fucking hate that movie. Yeah, I know. It's a thing. It's a thing. We say this every time. So Annalise was still complaining about being bedridden, which I feel her pain because, like I said, it sucks. Um, but also, not only was, like, the doctors and her parents, like, kind of being, well, the doctors were like, okay, but you need to be. But her mom was like, I don't care and ignoring her. But then on top of that, she was getting bullied and made fun of by the other kids in the hospital and stuff like that because of everything being wrong with her all the time. And they called her snot nose. Because that's her fault. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) On June 3rd, 1970, Annalise had her third seizure. And again, it was in the middle of the night. It was similar to the previous one where she woke up screaming. She uh, peed the bed, things like that. She was screaming so loud it woke the other nurses and people up in the clinic, though. That's how they knew what was happening to her, which is a terrifying way to wake up in a like yeah, psychiatric clinic. Yeah. yeah. No, that's not fun. Or no, she's in the the lung clinic at this point. Right. Which you have to think a lot of people there are having like lung issues and stuff like that. So they don't have like exuberant lung strength to be like screaming out. And then right. she's over here screaming her lungs out. The other children in the psych clinic and areas were bullying her still, but now they deemed her as crazy because of what happened. And they also started saying she was possessed. So this was the first time Annalise had heard the idea that she might have a possession issue, which, you know, can leave an impression on you. Right. Because also she's still a teenager at this point. Well, and she doesn't understand why she's always sick. And everything's going wrong and her family's super religious. So if she can find like a religious answer to it, maybe it's the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. A few days passed and then Annalise ended up having another episode. And following that, they sent Annalise to visit a neurologist named Von Holler. Uh, This time he did an EEG. I want to say EKG. Yeah. They did an EEG and it showed irregular alpha waves mixed with the scattered delta waves and theta waves. Whatever that means. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, it's just saying that she had a form of epilepsy. And so they finally decided to give her anti-seizure medications and prescribed them to her. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Annalise gets prescribed some anti-convulsant drugs and the meds didn't help. Of course. It is important to note that while she's undergoing the testing and the EEG and everything at this point, she also was diagnosed with having a heart and a heart condition and a circulatory problem. My goodness. I would not believe in whatever you believe after all of these things are going wrong. It'd be like, really? Yeah. Like, really? Like, seriously, could you get any worse? So she's still taking the anti-seizure medicines and she has some other uh, epileptic symptoms that start developing. So her most notable one was while she said she would be doing her prayers that she said one night she was doing her prayer with the rosary like they do where you like go through it, you know? Yeah. And Annalise said she saw the image of a menacing face and later wrote a letter saying that this image had left her afraid to pray and afraid to use her rosary for a while. Which the reason why I say that's an epileptic symptom is because um, some epilepsy problems are like hallucinations and like hearing things and seeing things. Mm -hmm. Now, um, some people, including in some podcasts, I hear them name this demon menacing face and they always call it Fratson. But today 
I was doing some digging and I found out she called it Fratzen in the letter because Fratzen is the German word for menacingly making a face. <laughs> um, so I don't know That's so funny. where this got like misconstrued. It's Maybe he was name. named Fratzen also, but I think that was an error that English people have made and it's now gone on record. Because yeah. I found what is that thing called? Where uh, we created a tulpa of it? No. We created a um Oh my god. We've covered this. We yeah. have? Yes. Uh uh not uncanny valley, but What is it called? A tulpa. No! Oh. Hold on. Like when people, when you say a lie enough that it becomes truth? Yeah. Mm. A tulpa? Oh my god, Dina, if you say (laughs) tulpa one more time. Something effect. The illusory truth effect? No. Oh my god. I have no idea what you're talking about. What is it? The holy shit. Give me a second. What? It's literally on the tip of my tongue. It's gonna drive me insane. Mandela! The Mandela effect! Jesus Christ. (laughs) That's not what I thought you were going with. I'll be real. I mean, it's a Mandela effect. It's kind of. Kind of more like a tulpa. Okay, (laughs) go fuck yourself. (laughs) (sighs) But yeah, uh, I don't know where that got misconstrued because I saw quite a few articles and things calling him Fratson. And then I was like, I saw one thing that said what a Fratson was. And I was like, no fucking way. Hold up. <laughs> and then I started digging and I was like, oh, God damn it. I think I'm dumb. <laughs> or, or other. I don't even know anymore. So she started having visions that were going to plague her for the rest of her life. She says Annalise described seeing devil faces at random various times throughout the day. So at some point, finally, even though her mental health is going a little bit downhill, she starts having some improvements with her physical health and she gets discharged and sent home finally because she only has 20 sicknesses and not 40 now. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah. Those, those are manageable. At this point, her sister reported that she was frequently angry and she would go into uncontrollable rages. And she also would express her hatred for the church due to her conditions, just like you said. Yeah. She was like blaming them for what's wrong with her. Yeah. Which would make it make sense. While being discharged, she obviously was no longer getting the same medications that she was given at the like sanatorium type like hospital slash like unit that she was in. Mm -hmm. So her seizures started returning and she would often black out. And most of the time when she would black out, she would urinate on herself. Then early between 1970 and 1971 in the school year, she finally got to go back. She experienced another seizure at school and it had all the same symptoms as her previous ones did. 
That sucks. Anna, a.k.a. Annalise's mom, hence why she doesn't go by Anna. Mm -hmm. So Anna told her husband, Joseph, that she had caught Annalise staring at a statue of the Virgin Mary in their house. And that when she was doing it, Annalise's eyes went jet black and her hands looked like paws with claws. Paws with claws. Paws with claws. She was doing this. Yeah, I think so, actually. It <laughs> reminds me, which you're not going to get it, but um, <clears throat> it reminds me of that It's Always Sunny episode where Mac <sighs> joins the uh, the mafia and he's like, you know, I'm in and out. I could be like Jaguar, Jaguar hands. And they're like, pussy hands. Hey, yo, pussy hands. And they keep calling him pussy hands. And he's like, no, I don't like that one. And they're they're like, but that's your name. And he's like, no, no, no. What about like lion hands or jaguar? And they're like, no, pussy hands. So yeah, pause with claws. Interesting. Give it up for some applause for the pause with claws. <laughs> it's for a good cause. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Joseph, the dad, recommended that she needs to pray more and <laughs> that course. prayer will fix her. Yeah. Okay. That's okay. That's how it works. So he decided to take her to a saint shrine. He specifically took her to the Mother of God shrine of San Domenio. Damiano? Yeah. Damiano. Yeah. Damiano. Dom. It's probably Damiano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Domino's. Yeah. It's a big pizza shrine. Sounds great. Annalise went to the shrine. She claimed that while there, her feet were getting burned by the ground and she couldn't enter the chapel. And also, the holy water was burning her as well. Those are not good signs. Yeah. <laughs> and then, while there, she tore her rosary off because she's saying it was suffocating her. It was the one that her father got her, and she said she couldn't wear it anymore. Her father said that when she ripped it off and everything, that she was speaking with a man's voice and exuded a really bad stench also, which are signs of, like, a demon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gross. That stench is supposed to be rotten flesh, by the way, guys. Right. And 1973, Mike, uh, her, I put her last name on accident because I meant to put her first and last. Annalise attended the University of Wurzburg. Sounds like something out of a Dr. Seuss book. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Wurzburg. <laughs> her fellow classmates described her as withdrawn and very religious. So she hasn't changed. That's interesting, though. The same year, Annalise began experiencing bouts of depression and she was having hallucinations while praying that continued having her see and hear voices. And this time she said that the voices were telling her she was damned and that she was going to rot in hell. Sounds lovely. Mm -hmm. In March and April of 1973, Annalise began to complain of hearing knocking noises randomly. She also started to believe she was possessed by a demon or the devil Due to what she said was happening to her, because it's the only things that made sense at that point. Yeah. So then she had another appointment with Dr. Lucy, and that was on September 3rd, 1973. Annalise announced that the devil was inside her officially, like she told someone. Lucy asserted that Annalise was no longer capable of making decisions on her own. So he pretty much took uh, took her rights away. He kind of did the... What is that thing called? Clinically insane? Well, no. Well, yeah. I mean... Power of attorney. No. No. Britney Spears. Britney Spears? Yeah. What did Britney Spears have? What was that thing called? Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan has it also. Where you can't make your own choices. 
And her dad had it. It starts with a C. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Con. 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 <laughs> We're doing great tonight. Con. Convergence, <laughs> conformatory, con. Con censorship. Censorship. Con. Con. What is that thing called? Hold on. Conservatorship? Is that it? Conservatorship! I was right! I didn't uh, make that word up. She's kind of like going through a conservatorship where they're like, yeah, Annalise isn't adult enough to make her own choices and decisions. Her parents will do it for her because she 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 can't. She's not in the right state of mind. Mm -hmm. But the thing is about these things is they make it so that you won't ever get that right back because they're like... Right. You know, once you're deemed sane, you can have those rights back. But we get to decide when you're deemed sane, not you or anyone else. Like, very hard to get it back. Yeah. So that happens. And doctors claimed at that time she was also suffering from epilepsy and schizophrenic manic depressive psychosis issues. So she was technically diagnosed at that time with epilepsy, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Well, that's going to be a hard one to beat. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> what is it? This girl, I so she doesn't, she doesn't have cancer. So, like, know, there's, like the there's only thing she doesn't have is the chicken pox and cancer. Yeah. So much. she is the anti me. <laughs> if her and I got together, our genes would be so bad. They'd be fucked. <laughs> That was a terrible joke. I should not joke about me having chicken pox or me having cancer. No. But I'm here for the jokes. It makes me happier, guys. Sometimes that's the only way that you can that you can continue. But I'm beating both of them, everyone. So I guess we're doing all right. I am no Annalise. So Annalise's family and community became convinced that she was possessed. And they consulted several priests and they wanted to request having an exorcism. But the priest declined it, and they recommended that she continue her medical treatment and inform the family that exorcisms actually require the bishop's permission, because in the Catholic Church, the official approval for an exorcism is only granted when a subject strictly meets a set group of criteria. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into all of it, but if you guys want to know more about it, we discuss it a lot more in our previous episode, The Exorcist, the Roland Doe episode, which is... I'm going to say episode four or five. Yeah, it's it's one of the earlier ones. Because it sure. goes Gainesville, Cassie, and then it's either The Exorcist or it's the short stories and then The Exorcist, something like that. But it's up in the top, like the first five episodes. And it's kind of a weird one. That's the one that The Exorcist movie is based off of. Which we'll talk about more of The Exorcist movie actually in this because that does become important. It is episode number four. Oh, I was right. <laughs> Hell Yeah. Later that year, in November of 1973, Annalise began treatment with a med called Tegretol. It's an anti-seizure drug and mood stabilizer. By the way, I didn't mention all the meds that she takes and everything, but they flip her meds around a lot. Which is never good. Like, in the, like, five, or not even five, like, four years she's on these meds, they switch them up, like, six times almost. Which they're, like, psychotic 
anti-depression, anti And she's taking most multiples. Anti-seizure. Like, those drugs are not ones to fuck around with. So if you just, like, stop and start taking something else, your body is going to go into some weird situations. Very. And there, it's just so unhealthy for you. Even it's unhealthy just to regulate things. Like, when I've had to change meds for things... Um, We've talked about in the past, but I have to change my schizophrenia meds. I sometimes will binge or I won't eat or I'll even purge. I I can't help it, though, because my body's reacting like there'll be times where, yeah, like I can't sleep or I can't eat or I'm oversleeping. I'm overeating. The one day I had to change meds. It was not long after I moved from here. Or maybe it was right before I moved. I don't know. I think it was right before you moved. And I missed work for like. Two or three days because I just I couldn't stay awake. I was like sleeping nonstop for like literally like three days straight. I literally slept. I would wake up, go to the bathroom and sleep. I wasn't even really eating that much. I just couldn't help it because my body was like it thought it was like shutting down. I think yeah, I don't like, know didn't, what it was didn't doing. Didn't know what it was doing. It was like I don't like this. I'm just I'm just gonna take a breather. I was like, okay, you do that, man. <laughs> Now, at this same time, even though she's taking this med, which that med is an anti-seizure drug mood stabilizer. That's a that's a that's a lot heavy med. Yep. It's a lot and a drug. She was also at that same time prescribed some antipsychotic drugs. Of course. You do find out later she does give up her meds when she starts having the exorcisms being done to her. She gives them up for almost 11 months before she ends up passing away, but for now she's on them. So despite taking these neuro neuroleptic medications, her symptoms were worsening, worse, were worsened, did worsen, were worst, bad. They were bad. (laughs) (laughs) They were worst. (laughs) And they said that she began growling, seeing demons and throwing up. Throwing things. Throwing things. Yeah. Well, she does throw up eventually. Yes, I'm I'm aware of that. They Mm -hmm. said that she was growling like a feral animal and she had a stench of foul nature, like rotting flesh that others couldn't always smell, but she always did. And they said she was really violent, especially to her family and like anyone that came over. Well, I mean, I would be pretty violent towards my family if they were shitheads like they were. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) they called up a priest so priest father Ernst Alt. Stop. <laughs> it just sounds so fake. It looks like I'm not enter typing correctly. Alt delete. Like because I say declare, declare right after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's the cool kids' way of saying it. Uh, okay. Professor Alt is Professor? Priest. Father. Father. <laughs> father. Father Alt is a Fucking wild ride. I'll talk about him in just a second, but he is, he's, he's nutty. Like, I think a lot of people that are super, super religious are a little nutty, but this man is nutty. Like, could run a cult type nutty. Okay. So, Father Alt declared Annalise didn't look like an epileptic. Is he medically trained? No, he just didn't feel like she looked it. Oh, okay. And he said he didn't observe her experiencing seizures, so that helped him think that she's probably not epileptic. Oh, Father Alt said that she's suffering from demonic possession, and he also is going to urge the local bishop to allow uh, an exorcism to be done. Okay? Because he's all-knowing. Oh, so you want to (laughs) know 
<laughs> okay, yeah. Father Ernst Alt. He's... <laughs> Yeah, it's just so. Is his name Ernst? Like, is that his first name? Like, I think that was just like a like a quick way of saying like Ernest. Like, that is like a real like. Hi, I'm Ernst. Ernst. What's your name? Yeah. Imagine having to yell that during climax. Oh, Ernst! No, God, stop! Hate it. (laughs) I do that whenever I hear a bad name. I I always tell Margie to try and yell it out, and she's like, "I just want to say their name." I'm just like, "Oh, baby." I'm like, "Baby, no, no, baby, you got to say their name." She's like, "I would not." I would not. <laughs> she, uh, he, <clears throat> Ernst is a, Ernst is a man. Oh, man. <laughs> so Father Ernstall was a Roman Catholic priest. He claimed that he had psychic and telepathic abilities. Of course he did. He also had a special God-given power where he could know just by looking at them if a person was under demonic influence or if they were physically ill. And he could tell the difference. Okay. That's how he could help Annalise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Father Alt reported that he saw visions of Christ and he could hear him speaking also. I like Father Alt because he has my initials, A-L-T. It's just great. Like, I always make jokes that I'm alternative because Stop. my initials are Alt. <laughs> and oh it's funny God. because, like, people have funny usernames where it's, like, jpeg.alt like, or, like, dot their initials or something, you know? And, like, I can't do that because my initials are Alt. So, like edgy accounts have my initials so i i can't use my initials mine's uh kill myself so shut up is it it is yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're alternatively killing ourselves (laughs) um what's Corey's? does he have a middle name yes he does so what c what b it's clb club club clb what's it stand for it definitely stands for something Chocolate liaison briefs. Uh, I hate it. And then Margie's mmmer. MMR. Mmmer. Okay, so when I look up CLB, it, the first thing that pops up is Canadian language benchmarks. That's it. That's the one we were thinking of. I'm glad they knew. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. What does CLB in text mean? You ready? Yeah. Cute little baby. Ew, I hate that. Or cute little bunnies. Ew, I hate it more. Uh, I hate it. So this 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 father this father all he's a little wackadoodle, right? He's got a little. He could be in a cult. Oh no no no! I got it. Oh god, what? I'm sorry. Urban Dictionary says CLB means creepy little bastard. That's Corey. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Leave it to Urban Dictionary for all of all of the definitions. On going back to Father All, he sent the bishop more things being like, hey, let us do this exorcism. Well, it wasn't going anywhere. But then on December 26th, 1973, the movie The Exorcist was released based on the story of Roland Doe. Based on the podcast. Well, no, wait. That we had a podcast based on in the fourth episode. Yes. Mm -hmm. Beating a dead horse now. And um, it is a movie that features demonic possession and an exorcism. I know that's shocking that that's what the movie's about, but it is. Wait, The Exorcist is about an exorcism? Yeah. It's not about exercising? It's not Jane Fonda. It's not about exercising? That was actually what the intro was, if you remember, was I made a joke about exercising to Jane Fonda. Right. 
Yeah. Okay. So this movie and this whole thing, we talk about it in that episode, but it began an increase in something they deemed possession fever. It's similar to like the concept of satanic panic. And with the success of the film, it suddenly cast a new light on Catholic priests and the concept of possessions. And that's going to become a little important to Father Alt, who I'm going to go ahead and say, watched the movie. <laughs> like, Of course he did. I'm going to say I think he saw it, whether he'll ever admit to it or not. I'm going to say he saw the movie. Mm-hmm. For Father Alt, he already had an exaggerated belief in his abilities to find demons, remember? So the impact of this movie and what it had on the, like the community and the people and possession fever was really profound for him. So he again wrote a letter to the Bishop of Würzburg, and he claimed that he, it was so passionate when he read the f- letters from the like Mikel family and from the like Annalise herself that he was sickened by them and he was attacked by swarms of flies and he saw shadowy creatures scurrying about. Some people say he claimed he cried or that he got like actually like sick and stuff. Yeah. He, he went all out. He spared no expenses. He was waiting for his Grammy here. Interesting. And a letter um, to father alt from 1975, Annalise wrote to him And like, these are the types of things she would say so that you can get a hint. She said, I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. So like, that's what's making him sick. Keep in mind is her just being like, bro, I think something's wrong. Help me. Mm -hmm. She also once told him, I want to suffer for other people, but this is so cruel. So like she was admitting that she could be a martyr, I guess, But like she was also saying that whatever was happening to her was too much and she didn't want to keep going through it. At this time, Annalise was suffering a complete mental breakdown also, as if she hadn't been already. But like now it was finally apparent to everyone. During this part of the breakdown, she saw the manifestation of different personalities that she had. And she started having very distinct multiple personalities. where she could rapidly and randomly shift between the different characters, where she supposedly could have different voices and different personalities and everything, which I'll talk more about later. But she no longer had the ability to differentiate between like delusions and reality. Now she's, she's off the rocker. She's gone. Annalise also worsened physically. She began to have issues with apparent aggression, like more than she had in the past, because now she's also injuring herself. She would also rip her clothes off randomly, like all the time and just be like, I'm hot. I need to take all my clothes off. Like temperature hot. Yeah. Okay. She also would randomly just like stand up and be like, I need I need to do this. And she'd compulsively perform like 400 squats, like as if she just had to, like she's being like in a trance. There's a lot of squats. That is a lot of squats. One time she crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days and wouldn't come out. She also started eating bugs, spiders, and coal. Uh, Okay. Then one time she bit the head off a dead bird, supposedly. Sounds lovely. And then this other time she licked her own urine up off the floor. Also sounds lovely. Yeah. Really, really hitting the like um, rock bottom now. Yeah. In the beginning of September of 1975, Bishop Joseph Stengel granted Father Arnold Renz permission to perform an exorcism. 
he said that he could do the ritual rom man rom romanum romanum yeah because roman romanum yeah and he said that it had to be a total secret though like no one's supposed to know now keep in mind bishop stengel never met annalise he never saw her and this was all done through word of letters and word of mouth so keep that in mind are we putting a pin in it like not necessarily it's just kind of like a for you to use to formulate opinions okay because it'll come up during the trial there's a trial in this episode which i know is shocking because it's just like it's not considered a murder but it is because this is a murder so if you guys didn't know whoops (laughs) screwed the pooch there (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Speaking of secrecy, now, Now, in addition to consulting Father Alt, Annalise was also visiting another person named Father Herman, who was this other local father that she just kind of like consoled in. And she saw him about 10 times in the fall of 1973 until the summer of 1975. So he had his own little like slight relation with Annalise and like what's happening to her that will also come up during the trials. During the times that he spent with her, Herman not only provided counseling for Annalise, but he evaluated her to see if he thought she was demonically possessed. They would discuss their life issues and they would pray on the rosary, which she was willing to do again. While she told Herman that she felt like she was being controlled, Herman said he found no cause to think that she was possessed. He additionally noted that Annalise showed no violent behavior or aversion to Christian symbols whenever he was around her or saw her. Hmm. Maybe he's just special. He brings out the best in her. Exactly. On May 15th, 1975, Annalise's grandmother died, which was a big deal to Annalise, and it was a big decline of her mental health more (laughs) every time you think nothing else can go wrong for this girl something does right that's when she revealed that her possession spirits had names the ones i was talking about a little bit ago that had different like voices and everything else Mm -hmm. annalise revealed that she had been possessed by six different demons lucifer also known as satan cain nero judas adolf hitler okay and fleishman okay We'll, 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 we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. These spirits would jostle for power in Annalise's body and would communicate from her mouth using low growls or like different voices. You can hear them if you look them up on YouTube. Obviously, they're all not English because she's in Germany and she speaks German. But you can hear the difference between them. And also, people have proved and disproved certain things about how she had this special way of emitting noise through her vocal cords where you can emit two noises at once and stuff. It's complicated. But if you guys want to look it up, you can. I it amazes I will, me. I will not be looking that up. It's it's pretty spooky sounding. It's loud. Yeah. Also, if you're listening in headphones, it, it it's a <laughs> it's a jump scare. The demons would argue with each other. Hitler would say people are stupid as pigs that they think it's over after death. It just goes on. And Judas would say Hitler was nothing but a big mouth who had no real say in hell. God forbid. So these demons. <laughs> we need to talk about them, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously. All right. So Annalise is possessed by six demons. Everyone keeps saying. Number one, Satan. Okay. Well, 
he's a demon obviously, obviously. He's like he's like <laughs> essentially the demon king demon yes right. he is bowser of hell <laughs> right so satan yeah okay yeah cain now we all know the story of cain well i guess maybe not all know most people know the story of cain he murdered his brother abel in the bible mm-hmm. um or if you've seen the movie year one with jack black and michael sarah cain um cain is the first murder technically that we know of but in no scope of religious literature is he a demon he's no just, he's just a bad he's dude, just a dude that murdered his brother well and who was played were, by paul rudd there was different circumstances too of of why he murdered his brother yeah so and the whole smiting thing happened so it's okay he got penance or whatever it's called <laughs> whoa <laughs> stop opening these books for me <laughs> We're getting too religious right now. Don't like it. Um, Then there's Nero, the guy who, you know, persecuted the Christians. Again, Nero, bad guy, negative reputation, but not a demon. Nope. Not a demon. Okay. Judas. Yeah. Also a bad guy. He betrayed Christ. You know, the guy, Christ. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Jesus Mm -hmm. Christ. Right. Is he a demon? No. Just a bad dude. Right. Hitler. Very bad dude. (laughs) Very bad dude. Um... Pretty sure Still not, not a demon. demon. <laughs> Just a really bad dude. Would have been BFFs with fucking Kane. Probably right. with Judas and Nero, too. I get it why these guys are all in the same boat, but they're not all demons. I get it why they're all hanging out with Satan. But again, not demons. Right. Okay. Then, even better, ready? Uh, f- fucking this one. Fleishman. All right, so Fleishman was a local priest who was a womanizer from the 1500s that's said to have killed a man who um, was, like, a really, really bad dude. Um, Supposedly, like, he had this nickname, and I can't think of what it was, but um, he was a really, really bad guy, and because of that, he supposedly is now possessing her. Is he a demon? No, he's an old priest. <laughs> and everyone's like, but how did Annalise know who he was? If he died mm-hmm. back in the 1500s, how did Annalise know what the, who he was? And how did y'all Alt admitted he literally talked about Fleischman in front of Annalise's parents where she, a week before she said that this happened, where they think that she overheard it. So there you go. Like, I'm sorry, but like, if we're going to start talking about who's inside her, why weren't we like, so she's being possessed by like Azazel and like highly religious or like Baphomet, like uh, uh, even something like Pluto. (laughs) Like there are so many people that we are demons that are demons. Shiva. Like, I'm just naming every religion a random person that's a bad guy right now. But you know what? They're demons. Was Judas? No, he's just a dickhead who had a power trip. But she was really religious, so she knew those stories, like, really well. Yeah. And knew that they were bad. I just think it's funny. They're like, the demons, Hitler. Hitler's a demon. Pretty. Just a bad dude. Pretty sure. That's like saying, like... Stalin and Karl Marx are, are I mean demons. maybe 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 they're we, just really fucking it. bad dudes guys maybe when they die they become demons because of how bad they were who knows maybe 
Well, moving on, they ignored her medical history and her home life situation. And on Sunday, August 3rd, 1975, the first text text, the first test exorcism was performed. Father Alt and Father Roth performed the uh, small rite where she moaned, whimpered, and they said that she felt as though she were burning up the whole time. So she wasn't doing good. They were convinced that because of how she was acting, that it was a genuine possession. And that's what they told the bishop. Now, following this, Annalise was so much more violent and aggressive, like to everyone, especially her family. They said that she would speak in tongues. She would scream at them. That's when you hear those voices and stuff also on the Mm -hmm. YouTubes and stuff. They say that she would be burning up so much that she felt the need to dunk her head in the icy toilet water. She said she would urinate on the floor and either try to lick it up or if they would make her like if she wouldn't get a chance to urinate on the floor, she would urinate in her underwear, which she would then take off and put in her mouth to chew on. Gross. She would destroy the religious objects around the house. She acted worse on Sundays or holy days. They said she would attack priests with verbal assaults or even try and like hurt them. And they said she would like spit at them. She would scream. She did everything. They said that Annalise was spiraling at this point to no end. The extreme nature of the case made its way to Father Rodwick, who agreed to see Annalise in person. Now, during one of the visits, he asked for her name and she instantly was just like, it's Judas. And he's like, oh, Judas, the demon that's in you that we talked about, Judas, that Judas, that's now a demon. It's now a demon. (laughs) Um, He like got a promotion now to do this. Okay, Um, so they were like, well, she's possessed and she's possessed by the demon Judas. So in Rodwick's assessment, Annalise was possessed by a demon named Judas who had subsidiary demons participating as well. So actually, even though Satan's big bad, um, Judas is more powerful than Satan in this story. Oh. And like Judas is top tier and Satan's like his lackey kind of. Probably because Satan's so busy also ruling the underworld that he's like, Judas, I'll let you take the reins on this one. I'll just be your uh, vice president. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. I guess. I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. So and and so normally when she's like talking and stuff like that, she'll usually say it's Judas that's talking. He's the one that's like the big mouth and everyone else kind of shuts up a lot. So the demons um, were within Annalise and they think that Judas is the main one. And so they need to get these demons out of her. Right. Well, Annalise and her family were convinced. And so they desired that another exorcism be performed because clearly the first one, that mini one didn't work. It didn't quite take. No. So Rodwick met with Roth and Allen, who did the first one, and he gave them the, they all shared opinions of like what he saw and then what they did and everything else. And at this point, they again relay everything to Bishop Stengel and supposedly again through text or word of mouth, like text meaning a letter, sorry, mm-hmm. like actual text, not a text message because um, that doesn't exist. <laughs> he gave them permission again to do another ritual of Romanum to be performed. It was Roth and Alt. <laughs> you said Roth and Allen. <laughs> Did I? Yeah. Like the company? Yes. <laughs> so I just wanted to clear, clear that up. <laughs> I didn't even notice. I know. <laughs> and I just kept going. You did. It's, it's fine. It's funny. Roth and Allen. <laughs> 
Never a dull moment here at CSP. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I will never let myself stop thinking about when I'm like, so saliva lichens. And I just kept going and you're like, what'd you say? And I was like, I said that she had no one else to go to. And you're like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, Sylvia there was another one too oh my god the ones that I don't catch are so fucking out of left field every time and I just I just go about my business Uh, yep yep at the very end remind me about the phone call I have a funny story that I'll wait till the end, but I'll tell you guys it has to do try to remember that (laughs) it has to do with true crime and it's really funny okay The man that was selected this time for the whole exorcism is going to be Father Arnold Renz. So Renz had never before performed an exorcism. Oh, okay. He sounds great. He sounds perfect for the job. But he was knowledgeable. Okay. On the subject. So he read some textbooks. Sounds great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got this. He's got this. Mm -hmm. The first rite was performed at the house where her and her family lived. And it was, well, actually they all are, but it was performed on September 24th, 1975. In attendance was Annalise's family, some of the family friends, her boyfriend, Peter. By the way, she's had a boyfriend this whole time. Oh, okay. (laughs) I just didn't mention him. And uh, the fathers, Alt, Roth, and Herman were all there also. Interesting. Yeah. Annalise had to be held down by three of the men while she struggled, kicked, and attempted to bite them. She swore at them. She howled like a dog. She screamed when she was sprinkled with holy water. But the thing about this is that all sounds like fucking a wild shit show, right? Mm -hmm. She was actually really calm compared to how she's been acting lately, they said. Okay. They're like, that's still calmer than normal her. So that's not saying something. Then they had a second exorcism on September 28th. It's only a few days later. And then from then on out, all of a sudden the sessions start getting recorded. Okay. And still to this day, not all the recordings have been public or like publicized. Only bits and pieces of a few of them have. And those are the ones that are like on YouTube and stuff. They are like in a fucking vault and no one will like allow them to see the light of day. Now, interestingly enough, I think Father Alt watched the movie The Exorcist. I'm just going to say that again. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep reminding you. Mm -hmm. So on September 24th, that full first one was done by Father Renz. I'm going backwards to remind you because from here it keeps escalating. So so then September 1975 going forward, Annalise endured frequent exorcisms since that first one. She was the one they performed was the 1614 exorcism rite, which is composed of 11 prayers and 17 biblical texts, which are read aloud. And it's designed to last 20 to 25 minutes. And. Then you just repeat that over and over, and one session will last anywhere from two to 12 hours, they say. That sounds super fun. Well, for her, she went through a total of 67 exorcism sessions. She would go through about one to two each week, and they would last up to four hours. And she had this happen for 10 months between 1975 and 1976. And remember, she's getting violent during them. They're holding her down. All these things are happening. On October 31st, of course, yes, <laughs> 1975, the exorcists believed that they had achieved complete success at first. They were like, all the demons are getting expelled. 
because they expelled six demons one by one. And each one departed by her vomiting. And the priest would say they surrendered it by saying a Hail Mary full of grace. And then just when they thought everything was all glorious and everything was great and they succeeded, a new demon said that it was within her with a new growl. It like growled out like, I'm here. (laughs) Okay. And it didn't say its name. It just referred to itself as I. And it said it was secretly lurking in Annalise all along. (laughs) Lurking. (laughs) The demon told Renz that they, meaning the other demons, really pulled a fast one on you. Wow. Yeah. Um, That demon also hints that there could be up to six demons in her again. Again. Yeah. And that they might have all came back. You never know. Well, on November 9th, Renz was able to, uh, like, trick the demon, and he admitted that the demon was Judas. Oh. (laughs) And that apparently that day when he was exercised, like, 15 minutes later, he came back on October 31st, in spite of the priest taking the steps to try to seal the door against the demon and singing the Te Duum and the prayer of Mary and everything else. Yeah, it didn't work. Judas was smarter than that. Why? Because it was on October 31st. Obviously. Obviously. Come on. (laughs) So then Christmas 1975 rolls around. The demon had less to say. He refused to state when he would depart. He was just chilling in Annalise at this point. They're still doing exorcisms. They should have just done the ma- the major one on Christmas. Come on. Apparently. Don't you know anything? Mm-hmm. On March 7th, Renz carried out an exorcism with Annalise while she was in bed. And she was seemingly unconscious and barely responsive that day. So, like, they're getting really bad. At this point, Annalise had broken some of her bones. And she was also... She had ripped a bunch of the tendons in her knee because she was continuously slamming her legs down and kneeling in prayer, which they discussed later in the autopsy. But it was aggressive how she was doing it and how it was happening. So she ripped her tendons and broke the bones in her knees. And she had to like be used like a walker practically and be taken and escorted places because she physically could not walk. And yet people tell stories that like her and her boyfriend would go for walks or like her and her family would like try to allow her to like have some sort of like freedom at times. And I'm like, how if she can't walk or anything like that doesn't seem real wheelchair, maybe. But they're saying that she's like out stretching her legs like that was like the phrase they used. I'm like, but she's not. But but she's not. (sighs) So she was often restrained. And so she was she had bruises and everything like all over her. On May 9th, her parents decided to take her home because she had been like at a hospital and stuff. And she remained in bed in pain and screaming that day. And that's when she started hitting and biting herself. She also started banging her head against the walls. She then bit the wall so harshly that she chipped a bunch of her teeth. (laughs) She then smashed her head through a glass door and said that she didn't sustain any injuries because Judas did it, not her. She also slept only one or two hours a night and she rarely ate at this point. So at this point and like, oh, the pictures on the Instagram. Uh, Her eyes are like black void holes at this point. They Mm -hmm. are just bruises because she's also punching herself and hurting herself. Her teeth are just mangled. Her skin is stuck to her. She looks like a shell of a human and it looks like something out of a video game or something. She's not real anymore. And she's very skinny. I will tell you in a minute, but I'm talking literal skin and bones. At one point in June, Annalise told her family that the demon said that her trials would be over in July. She just has to make it to July and then she'll be herself again. 
Mm-hmm. So on June 9th and June 30th, both times she asked for absolution. Father Renz com- um, complied to it and he did it on June 30th. The first time he said no. And then in the last few days of her life, people were like, Annalise, you're going downhill. Do you want to see a doctor? And she kept telling them no. And she declined it because there's nothing a doctor could do for her at this point anymore, she said. That's sad. That's really sad. She was running a high temperature after the most recent exorcism. And that night they said that she went to bed. And before she did, she told her mother she was afraid. She died in her sleep on the morning of July 1st in her home at 23 years old. And just as the demons predicted, her ordeal was over in July. 1976. Now, I said that she died at 23. So, like, she's an adult, technically. Like, some people, like, mm-hmm. make it seem like Annalise is, like, this 16 or 17-year-old girl, which there are cases of younger victims. I want to say LaToya Adams maybe was a younger victim. I can't remember. But, like, when we did the Exorcist episode, the Roland Doe, he was a child. He was, yeah. like, he was under 18. Yeah. Um, But, like, everyone else in the story, they're adults. They're, they're full-grown adults. Like, Father Alt was 39 and 40 years old during this. Father Renz was 67. Joseph, her dad, was 60. And Anna, his wife, the mom, was 57. Like, these are full adults. Mm-hmm. Now, they ended up doing an autopsy. And the autopsy report stated that the cause of death was malnutrition and dehydration resulting from almost a year in a state of near starvation while the rites of exorcism were performed. She weighed... 66 to 68 pounds. Yikes. And she's like a normal height person, like 5'5"-ish or so. Mm-hmm. So she suffered from broken knees due to the continuous gentriflexions. Genifractions. It's when you're bending your body in a prayer stance, a.k.a. like I said earlier, the like slamming her knees down and everything. Um, she also was unable to move without assistance. She was reported that she had pneumonia in her last few days. Also, again. Again. Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Her teeth, most of them were all fractured. Both of her eyes were blackened and she was covered in bruises. It was said that 11 months before she died, all the medical treatment of Annalise stopped. That's what I talked about earlier about how, like, she stopped taking meds. Yeah, it's because they were doing those secret exorcisms in the bedroom of her house with it. They wanted to keep a secret, right? And so they stopped her meds. Mm-hmm. Um, they also say that her death was avoidable, especially if she would have just had like the right kind of treatment. Mm -hmm. Um, they said that she drank fruit juice and milk and that was all she would have towards the end of her life. Well, after her death, Annalise's story became a national sensation in Germany and soon all over the world, but it caused a great deal of controversy. So they decided to do an investigation. And the state prosecutor maintained that Annalise's death could have been prevented because what happened was they think that it was like um, the fathers and the parents. um, Does that make sense? The fathers like the the men. Okay. The fathers and the parents purposely being negligent. Okay. So that's what's going to come up. So following her death in 1976, the state charged Annalise's parents and Father All and Father Renz with negligent homicide. And her body was exhumed and re-examined to figure it out. Now, around that time, I guess, it's not like fully talked about, but I guess they just kind of like buried her really quickly and really like haphazardly after her body was re-exhumed, which comes up later. But it was a really shitty burial. Okay. 
Lovely. The parents were defended by one of the famed Nuremberg trial defense attorneys named Eric Schmidt Leichner, which most people know what the Nuremberg trials are. We talk a little bit about it in Operation Paperclip, but it was the Nazi war crime trials. So the priest defense counsel was paid for by the church, of course. Of course. So everyone's has these great things right now. Now, the state recommended that none of the involved parties should be jailed because they said the most the priest should get is a fine because that's the worst. Right. And they said that the parents should be exempt from punishment entirely because they suffered enough by -hmm. losing their daughter. Mm -hmm. The trial began March 30th, 1978 in the district court. Doctors testified that Annalise was not possessed, stating that the manifestations of her demonic possession were all psychological effects of her strict religious upbringing and her epilepsy, like, and everything else in a sense, like all converging. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dr. Richard Roth, who Father Alt had consulted for medical help when Annalise was doing worse during the exorcisms, said that during the exorcism time, okay, he said... That he would not give her more medication. And that's why she went those 11 months without medication. Because he said there is no injection against the devil. And that he couldn't medicate a possessed person. Now you can. Huh? I mean. Yeah. You can look at this two different ways. Okay. You can look at it as the way like. Well that's shitty. He's saying like she's kind of a hopeless cause. Right. Or you can look at it in the case of he's like. I can't trust her because of every all this crazy shit she's doing. And I don't want to lose my license and have something negligent happen. So it depends on how you're looking at it based on how he meant it, which the thing is, is we sadly don't have context. (laughs) Now, the defense attorney, Schmidt Leichner, argued that the exorcism was legal Because the German constitution protected citizens in unrestricted exercise of their religious beliefs. The defense played the tapes that they recorded during the exorcism sessions for the court. And that's the only time that they've been played. And sometimes he said that what we heard over them was demons arguing to assert their claim over Annalise. And that's how they knew she was possessed was because there was more than one. Multiple voices. Yeah. Yeah. The motivations of Father Alt were also brought into question during the trial. This is that thing that I've been talking about this whole time. So here's how we go. Mm -hmm. So the tapes of the exorcism were played for the court, right? That was kind of on partially Father Alt saying that, like, it would help because Father Alt was the reason that they were made. And he said that it was that mixed with, like, the evidence for the trials. Um, Well, people say that it was that mixed with the evidence from the trials that he wanted to complete the exorcism because... He wanted to write books and lecture about it and get the fame because of how the movie had became so famous and everything else. So there's yeah. Yeah. They're thinking he's playing off that, which if that's the case, that's why I'm saying I feel like he had to have seen it or something Mm -hmm. because he's kind of doing what the movie did. Right. Seems to have some outside motivation there. Yeah. And I, I could, I could see it. I really could. Especially with how he acted like he was like a faith healer. Like, that's the only way to describe how I feel about him is he thinks he's a faith healing cult leader. So, of course, he wanted to gain the fame of being the man that cured Annalise, you know? Right. Now, both priests claims that the demons identified themselves. Remember? 
He said that there was Lucifer, Cain, Judas. Later, they said that there was others that could have came in that that October night, like Belial and Legion. Belial. Belial. Is that it? I think so. Okay, And he said that there was many others that could have been there. They also stated that Annalise was finally freed of her demonic possession moments before her death. That's that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Later, people say, though, that they said that they didn't say that and that she was never freed and death was her only freedom. So I don't know. <sighs> Bishop Stengel said that he was not aware of Annalise's alarming health conditions when he approved of the exorcism. So he did not want to testify or appear in court. Oh, so you weren't aware of the 20,000 things that were wrong with this child? Well, remember, he's all going. He's the one that I said that never saw her, never met her, was doing everything through word of the mouth or letters and stuff. So maybe he really didn't. I guess. Interesting, though. In April of 1978, the parents and the two priests were given the verdict. The priests and the parents were found guilty of manslaughter. So they were sentenced to six months in jail. Oh. And three years probation. Oh, okay. Well, then the priest in the church was subject to a small fine, which was barely more than the whole court fee. Okay. But then... (laughs) But wait, there's more. There's more. The jail time was reduced to three months. And then it was actually just suspended completely. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Love to hear it. Now, that was for the manslaughter charge. But then they also got the negligence upon the manslaughter charge, right? And they were found guilty of that. Mm -hmm. So they were also sentenced to another six months in jail. Which got later suspended. (laughs) Like, at this point, what's the point? Right. There is no point. (laughs) In a conference several several years after this, the German bishops retracted the claim, saying that they didn't even know if Annalise was ever possessed. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay. So it was her mental stability that was... Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Okay. She probably should have been medicated. Yeah, maybe. Crazy. Slightly. After the trial, her family asked the authorities to have permission to exhume the remains again because they said that she was buried in too cheap of a caution, caution, (laughs) coffin in a hurry and they regretted it. They also said that they were like uh, that they had heard a story from like a nun or something that something was happening and it turned out to be false. All this shit happening, whatever. So then two years after the burial on February 25th, 1978. Annalise's remains were replaced. She got a new oak coffin lined with tin. And the family and priests were discouraged from viewing Annalise's remains. Father Renz later said that he had been prevented from entering the mortuary, he was told. Good. Stay the fuck away. (laughs) On June 6, 2013, so not that long ago, 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. there was a fire that burned down the house where Annalise had died in. And local authorities determined that it actually was a case of arson on purpose. Oh, so interesting. There's a lot of popular culture that surrounds exorcisms and stuff. We talked about it earlier. There's three films about the exorcism of Emily Rose. And the first one, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, focuses on the court case and the exorcism. But then there's Requiem and Annalise, The Exorcist Tape, which are both... And the exorcist tape. I don't know what they all are. I've never seen. I don't think I've seen any of them. I think I've, if I've seen any of them, I maybe have seen the first one, but I don't think so. I feel like I would have remembered it because I like the quarantine girl. What's that one with the old? Oh my God. The Deborah Logan one. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
there's this one scene in I think it's called the taking of Deborah Logan. Oh my god! Know that I will never ever watch any exorcism movies. Um, one because of vomit, and two because of vomit, and three because of vomit, <laughs> like like a lot of vomit. Okay. It we is. We don't have to talk about it. It is this. We. Do you see that woman eating that person's head? Yes. Okay. I don't like that. Okay. So that's part of it. And then the other part is she like looks up afterwards. Mm hmm. Like that. And it's like this jump scare moment and stuff. Obviously. I. Uh, yourself. <laughs> I think I had a goddamn heart attack. <laughs> right. The no, taking you. of Deborah Logan jump scared the fuck out of me. Um, I'm not big into exorcism movies. I just they aren't that they don't do it for me. I've seen a lot of them. I, I think s- they would scare the living piss. I've out seen of me. most of them, actually. I feel like I just haven't seen this series. Um, that like haunted dolls, like any of the Annabelle's or anything, mm-hmm. those don't do it for me either. Even Chucky, they're funny, whatever. I get it. But, and don't get me started on Sinister and Conjuring. I don't know the difference between those two movies. I've seen both of them like 10 times. I cannot tell you the difference between those two movies. They have very, very different plot points. Mm-hmm. Can't tell you. I'm a pussy. And I don't think either scared me. I thought they I were don't. both very meh. My favorite I know I've said this, but my hush. Yes. Hush. That's it. That's it. I like thrillers. Yeah. Um, I mean, this sounds corny, but Scream is my favorite, but that's my favorite movie of all time. My favorite scary movie, if I've never talked about it, is. Yeah, I would say I'd say it's a tie between two movies and one of them. I don't actually remember if I like it. I liked it when I saw it, but I saw it when it came out. It's not in English. It's a French film. It's called The Frontiers, and it's fucking creepy. Uh, I think there's Nazis in it and maybe zombies and maybe people being like kept in a warehouse basement or something. I don't remember, but I remember it scared the fucking shit out of me when I watched it. (laughs) I think there's also some weird incest stuff going on and like some children. I don't know. It's got a lot of shit going on in that one. That's a fucked up thing. And it's not in English, which doesn't help. But uh, my other favorite one, it's just really gory. I don't know. I have a thing for overseas films, but my favorite scary movie is called The Loved Ones. And it's a Swedish, maybe, or um, I don't know. It's in English, mm-hmm. but they all have accents. Um, and it's a horror thriller. It's from 2009. But I just don't know where it's from. Um But yeah, I want to say it's like Swedish or something. Um, Everyone has cute little accents in it. They're all adorable people. It's a fucking weird ass one. And I quote it sometimes randomly and really not good parts. Like (laughs) there's this one part where they're eating fried chicken and it's clearly a torture scene. um, Not just because they're eating fried chicken. But, you know, the KFC logo is like finger looking good. But the way she says it is she's like, say it's finger licking good and i always say it like that or like uh, there's just some other stuff 
it's kind of incesty, I guess. I don't think it is. Well, no, it is, but it's it doesn't show anything. It's just her dad watches her change once in the movie. There's this really annoying song that plays like 37 times in the movie. <laughs> like 37 times. Uh, it's really gory and it's wild. And I love this movie. And then I know this person that did a photo shoot of the movie and I was obsessed and I want to do it so bad with Margie. I think we could fucking kill it. It would be so good. Corey could do it and he would have a good time. It would be great. I just now had this thought process. And I'm glad. Uh-huh. Interesting. Um, but yeah, there's also she's she does use the word retard in the movie. And I don't like that. Nope. It I can't really even say that. Me. I can't even say that word. Um, Because it, it 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 was 2009, which I guess was less when people were POC. But mm-hmm. she's talking about her boyfriend not saying I love you back to her because she's like, I love you. And he's like. I'll talk to you later. I'm not ready to say it yet. And then she makes a joke and she's like, so who was it that asked you to dance? He's like, it was Lola. And she's like, well, maybe you should take Lola to the dance. Maybe she wouldn't mind having an emotional retard for a boyfriend. And I'm like, you were in the whole movie with that one line, bitch. I can't even say it. The whole movie, which I'm never going to say out of context like that, guys. Just so you know, I'm only utilizing it for the sake of because that is the exact quote. Explaining the quote. Otherwise, I would say that bad word so like hush go see it because it's amazing it's on netflix <laughs> go watch it i don't think it's on netflix anymore is it oh maybe it's not maybe it's on hbo i know it's still it's on, on somewhere on something yeah but it's I, a good it's a good movie i think the loved ones might be on amazon prime maybe not i haven't bought on amazon prime so i don't need it but it's good go watch that if anyone watches either of these two movies let us know and we'll talk about them with you because we like them obviously obviously um, other popular culture things about the exorcism of Annalise, there's a band called First Issue. They had a debut album. They're a post-punk band by Public Image Limited Relation Sponsors, whatever. Um, they have a song titled Annalisa, and it's based on the case. Hmm. Then the case and theories surrounded it were discussed in the fourth episode of the first season of BuzzFeed, the BuzzFeed Unsolves Supernatural. And that was back in November 2016. So. Okay. So sources, I used books because that seemed great. Um, Because it was easy to breeze through. I did the first one, which was The Exorcism of Annalise Michael. Uh, Michael, I just said I wouldn't do that. You did it. It just happens. Mikkel by Felicitas. Felicitas. Felicitas D. Goodman. Sure. Um, Also the book, The Exorcism of Annalise Michael. Mikkel. I wrote it twice. Mikkel. I wrote the same one. Mikkel. I only used two books. No. The, look at book one and book three. I accidentally wrote the same thing. I meant to put oh. a different book. I, I lost my third source. I'm sorry. The second source. This is the title of the book, guys. Yep. Have lessons <laughs> lessons learned. The Annalise Mikkel exorcism. The impl- implementation of a safe and thorough examination, determination, <laughs> and exorcism of demonic possession. Implementation. Sure. By John M. Duffy. And then I forgot to put the third source. I'm sorry, guys. So, but it was another book. Yeah, another book that I used that was probably titled The Exorcism or something. Right. Okay. <laughs> do you want to hear my funny story really quick about yeah, true the, crime? The phone. The phone, phone call. call. Yeah. Okay. So today I call a guy. I call Trent, my guy that I always call for everything. And I'm like, Hey, Trent. And he's like, Hey. So you sent me a quote, and I hate to. So the quote I said is, Hey, do you have 15 sheets of? either 16 or 18 gauge metal in size 60 inch by 120 inch. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So he says, Hey, you know how you asked for 16 or 18? I said, yeah. He goes, can you take something that's not 16 or 18? I was like, no, I already gave you two choices. That's more than I normally do. <laughs> like normally I say I need 16, but I gave you two choices. So don't ask for more. And he's just like, why can't you use a different one? And he's just giving me a hard time at this point. And I was like, because the job is like a very specific job, what they're utilizing it for. It's for like a grading plank set, like to put under the plank grading so that there can be like water runoff and stuff, blah, blah, blah. You know, I had all this reasoning and I explained it. And he's like, that's a lie. And he said it so fast that I thought he knew that I was like, he thought that I was bullshitting, but I wasn't. And I was just like, no, like I actually know this answer because I asked earlier. And I was like, no, that's not, not a lie. And he's like, it's because you guys are building homemade rockets. And I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. And he's like, could you imagine building a homemade rocket? Do you think it would work? And I was like, well, Mad Matt, Mad Mike Hughes did that. And he's like, who's Mad Mike Hughes? And I was like, so this man named Mad Mike oh, Hughes. <laughs> I started telling him and I was like, he's like, that's crazy. And I told him all about it. And I was like, yeah, but he died. And he died a few years ago. And he's like, oh, that's crazy that you just know all that off the top of your head. And I was like, yeah, I'm a, Is it? I'm a bank for useless knowledge. Is and he's like, he's like, well, you know, it wouldn't be as crazy if he built something more dangerous. And I was like, so speaking <laughs> of more dangerous, this one man built a submarine. Right. And his name was Peter Madsen. <laughs> and he's like, oh, what an evil genius. So I was like, he was an evil genius. He murdered someone. He's like, oh, do you know how? And I was like, I do. <laughs> and so I was just telling him about the Peter Madsen Kim Wall submarine case, which we've covered in the archives, guys. And I was telling him and I was telling him and I told him the whole story about it and about how just off the wall Peter Madsen was as a person. And I get done telling him and he's just like, did you, did you, did you, did you Google that? Did you just read me a Google? And I was like, no, no, that's off the top of my head. And he's like, that's terrifying. Yep. And then Scott like <laughs> happened to be around the corner and Scott's just like, literally Athena does this like, like it's it's nonstop. It's they literally have the most useless knowledge. You'll be like, oh, I need to cut an apple. I should use a paring knife. And they'll be like, did you know that someone <laughs> stabbed their husband 49 times in the dick with a paring knife? And here's how I got away with it. <laughs> and I'm like, are you thinking of Lorraine, uh, Lorena Bobbitt or whatever? And he's like, what's that? And I was like, the woman that cut her husband's dick off. And he's like, oh, my God, I was making that up. And I was like. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, same. Mm -hmm. But she really did cut her husband's dick off. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, my God, you stress me out. And then Trent's just like, well, anyways, um, yeah, I can't that. find the material. <laughs> um, I'm going to go like down a rabbit hole on the Internet now. <laughs> Somewhere else. Thanks. He's like, I'm going to look up Peter now. And I was like, OK, have fun. I was like, after you're done with him, you should look up Peter Curtin. He's like, who's that? And I was like, look him up. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> so that was my funny story was I explained someone. I happen to have all the knowledge about something. All the knowledge. Sadly, all the knowledge. Always, always all the knowledge. Yeah. So that's that. You got anything else today? I don't. I don't like exorcisms. Today, I got a phone call from a fellow podcaster that happened to be listening to our episode. Mm -hmm. And they said, <clears throat> Thena, <laughs> you and Kylie are so incorrect. Oh, no. <laughs> I said, 
Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Ooh, what's about? <laughs> they said, you guys said, I don't know how someone could join a cult because I could never join a cult. I would never be. A- Doesn't Kylie play league? That's practically a cult. Those people are weird. Thena, do we need to talk about One Direction? That's a cult. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they were just naming all the things that were like creepily obsessed with. I was like, yeah. No, I can actively stop playing League of Legends I if I really wanted to, but I en- I enjoy I enjoy it. I feel like that is not cold. I f- <laughs> but I'm in too deep. I will say that. You, are, right. you are very you are in very deep with a lot of my things. Today, this this goes along with a, a discussion that Corey and I were having today. I'll just tell you guys. So there was this thing that was like, name your music taste in seven artists. And I reposted. And I was like, I'm going to give seven or it was it, six. It was six and artists. And I seven. said, I'm going to give seven because yeah. I can't narrow it down. So I was like, lights, the driver era, Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, the 1975, Louis Tomlinson and One Direction. And no one was surprised by my list. But then Corey comments and says, that isn't your taste in music. It's your personality. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. He goes, literally, anyone could be like, what's Athena like? And I would say, have you ever heard of Lights, the 1975 or One Direction? Because it's that. Yeah. But Batman also. So. Yeah. 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 So. Okay. Well, we're done. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. Yeah, later. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Um, thank you to all you guys that helped make this podcast what it is. You're all part of the CSP family. Big thank you to Taylor, Lab Monkey Creative, every week for doing our editing. I feel bad because Taylor is um, a person that is nice <laughs> and is not used to me. Uh-huh. And so <clears throat> Taylor has like the group chat with you and I where he like messages us. Mm-hmm. And luckily you reply in the group chat because I don't, as we're all aware. I mean, sometimes. But, yeah, but it's it's not it's not a lot. Well, so then Taylor has came upon it to message me directly here and there. Mm -hmm. That's so nice. I ignore him. (laughs) (laughs) I read everything and I just don't reply. You walk away. And I am so sorry, Taylor, but also everyone ever. I do that to everyone Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I do not reply to anyone. The other day I woke up and I had 80 some messages total on my entire social media. I read all 80 on all social media platforms. I replied to three. Mm-hmm. That was it. Three. The only way to get Thena to really actively respond to you is to use their their theory on them, which is I have a theory. Oh, having a thought and typing <laughs> that thought and then typing the next thought. It has to be separate sentences, though. So I don't read anything that's longer than two sentences. I won't. And yes. if you send me something that's like four or more, I'll read the first sentence and the last sentence. And I just make up what I think the middle says. So don't fight with me over text. It won't go anywhere. It will not. So during the, during the beginning of this recording, Athena uh, was thirsty. So <laughs> proceeded to text Corey in our group chat. And this is how it progressed. Um, hold on. I'm still scrolling. Hi, Corey. Hello, Corey. Corey. Hi, Corey. Hey, all of these are separate messages. Can I have some water? Corey, what? Uh, I don't think we have any water unless you want it out of the tap. God damn it. I'm so thirst. Gonna for, gonna for, 
Gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> gonna die. die. Corey, I think we have Coke Zero, seltzer water, and vitamin water. Athena, can I have something? Please. All these separate. <laughs> yes. Corey, all of which will be garage temp right now, unless we want a cup with ice and straw. Which one? Athena, anything. Corey, do you want it on ice or no? Athena, <laughs> no ice. Athena, hello, question mark. Because he took Thena, longer than two minutes. Notice me. Athena, <laughs> cough, cough. Athena, thirsty, dying. <laughs> Corey, I wasn't about to bring it to you in a fucking towel, goddammit. Athena, <laughs> thank you. Athena, oh my god. <laughs> we have our group chat set to the emoji being the little sword, so that was Athena. Knife! Sword. It's a oh, yeah, knife! Yeah, it's a knife. Athena, knife, Athena, knife, Athena, knife, Athena, knife. Corey, mm-hmm. Athena, did you know? Athena, your initials are CLB. Athena, creepy little bastard. In all caps. <laughs> so this is how you have to talk to Athena if you want Athena to respond. This one time I had an idea for Corey. Oh my God, that was so bad. <laughs> I will never forget that day. I had an idea. I and, was at work. And I sent them all as separate things. Was it was like work. 45 messages, it you guys. It was so much and my phone didn't stop <laughs> and I was in meetings or something. I remember it. I remember it. And, and I was I just, just like, kept doing I do that to everyone. I love having thoughts <laughs> and I want you to know how I'm talking when I'm thinking and typing. So I type how I think and how I do it in my head. It's a scary place. It's awful. (laughs) Imagine being there all the time. That's what I have to do. No, thank you. So, yeah. So texting me, it's not good. So I just don't because I save people the bad. But on that thought, don't forget to follow us on Instagram (laughs) where you get to talk to me, (laughs) which is at Cryptic Soup Pod, where DMs are really only are only are always open, you know, but you might have to respond a couple times. So uh, slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSP fam. All of our links can also be easily found at crypticsouppod.com as well. Apple Podcast reviews and ratings and or Spotify ratings are great because they make us happy. And uh, I'll talk about you. And then I'll like, re- uh, well, if you don't want me to read them all, or I will. Maybe just to embarrass you. <laughs> um, so remember guys to subscribe follow tune in keep up with us remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next tuesday for the next episode which i did post those spoilers of what the episodes are so i mean oh, it's not like how dare you <laughs> it's not like there's gonna be anything like a <clears throat> super crazed coming up right now but i did post them and i want to say that next week is either going to be <laughs> The Black Dahlia murder or Annalise. I mean, the Black Dahlia murder or Casey Anthony. But it's a surprise because I put both. I'm covering them both on the same day, apparently. Just kidding. (laughs) You don't know. Yeah. So next week's the fun one. That's going to be a secret. And also this Thursday, which was last Thursday. So last week, uh, I will have posted the Meyer Briggs things and talked more Mm -hmm. about them. For those Mm -hmm. of you that wanted to know when it would have been last week. So go check it out. Okay, bye. You have to finish your sentence. I did, actually. Technically, I said it. We'll see you next Tuesday. Next episode. Next Tuesday. We'll see you. Stay tuned.